Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are apparently still waiting for uh, the right time to make a trade. Though as the season starts to slip away, apparently it is becoming more and more likely that they just consider this a lost season. With the one shot in the dark being some mystery superstar? Really? All right, whatever. So about a week and some change ago, I had Jovan Buha of The Athletic on my show. And um, as I was asking him about whether Russell Westbrook's new look off of the bench changes the trajectory of, of his time here with the Lakers, or if he is still just going to be traded uh, regardless of of how he has accepted that role. And, you know, he, he offered up your uh, an, an answer that I probably would have predicted, um, one that I share as well, and that, like, I don't really think it has changed anything, right? Nobody in the league thinks that it has changed anything. It has probably changed which teams might be interested in Russ whenever he is made available after being traded for and eventually, I would imagine, bought out. But for right now, not much has changed here with the Lakers. And we continued the conversation. And from there, um, I asked him if, you know, what type of parameters um, on this 20-game waiting period are the Lakers looking at here? Is there anything that would force their hand to move one way or the other more quickly? And in his response, he outlined something that I frankly hadn't even considered uh, for some reason. Uh, This is an oversight on my part, but Jovan said that if the Lakers are sitting there at like four and 16, or if they get to like five and 25 or something like that, and the season just looks like it is just lost, um, that they would hold on to these picks and see what they can do in the upcoming offseason uh, with some cap space, with those two picks still uh, available at their disposal. And also, uh, by the way, one thing I would add to that is that on draft night, as they would know where they would be picking, they could theoretically trade a third first-round pick on that night. Um, just something to keep in mind in terms of future flexibility. But uh, yeah, that surprised me for some reason, that that was even remotely on the table, that the Lakers would go into the season thinking to themselves, yeah, if this doesn't go well again, well, I guess we'll just try it again next year. And, uh, you know, so that was pretty disappointing to hear. Combine that now with Shams Karania of The Athletics reporting that goes as follows, quote, I'm told the organization will be prudent with their two first-round picks available the rest of the decade. As of right now, the organization seems to be moving in a direction where they're going to be going to resist moving first-round picks if the season continues to go down this path. For Lakers fans who are clamoring for a Buddy Heald, Miles Turner move, uh, where you're giving up two first-round picks, you're giving up multiple seconds first. I don't think uh, where we see this Lakers team, it's not prudent for them to do that. End quote. A lot of analysis in there, a lot of speculation in there, but he does start by saying, I'm told the organization will be prudent with their two first-round picks um, that are available for the remainder of the decade. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Not not exactly, 
you know, it's a lot of words to basically say what we've already known to this point is that the Lakers will not move those two first-round picks unless they know or they can feel very confidently that the players that they get back in that trade would put the Lakers back into title contention. More on that later. Um, Combine that with Howard Beck's exchange with Chris Mannix on the crossover pod on Sports Illustrated, friend of the show, Howard Beck. Beck starts by saying, I will add one thing we're going, uh, without going into all the detail, but I was canvassing a bunch of front office folks last week when I was workshopping my idea of can the Nets tear down now? Should they tear down now? What could they reasonably get for Kevin Durant? Could they get anything for Kyrie Irving? Could they get anything at all for Ben Simmons? And in those discussions, when I brought up the Lakers, the pushback I was getting was they're waiting for a specific player, that they're not going to do the Pacer deal, that they won't do the Kyrie deal now that we uh, for sure thought they would do a couple months ago as an indication that the Lakers are waiting for a bigger piece to come loose that they think they can trade Westbrook and the two first four, Mannix asks. Uh, what do you think that is? Who do you think that is? I don't know uh, who that is. Beck, I'll tell you offline. Uh, shouts to Beck for being coy. Mannix, put it this way. I don't know that the player, whoever that is that the Lakers may be targeting, would be acquirable for the for what they're willing to give up. Beck, I don't think so either, by the way. I don't think a Westbrook at this stage of his career plus two first plus two first equals a difference maker at that level, someone who is going to make you a contender, end quote. All right, lots to unpack here. (laughs) Let's try to do that in a second. So long story short, the Lakers are waiting for the kind of player to become available who would immediately put the Lakers back into title contention. A couple issues, though. One, they are currently 2-8. and There's a good chance that five games from now, they could be 2-13, and right? They might win a few. But right now, all indications are that the Lakers suck, that this roster is bad, and that they aren't going to win very often. Uh, Normally, hell, I'll say historically, we never see a team go from sucking outright to title contention with only the one move over the course of the year. This has always been kind of the logical uh, trickery that the Lakers have been uh, leaking out there is that they only want to make the one deal that puts them right back in the title contention when, look, Luca isn't going to be available. Steph isn't going to be available. Uh, Giannis Attentacumpo isn't going to be available. Outside of those guys, I don't think a player exists who could put the Lakers right back into legitimate title contention. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe Kevin Durant is there. But the problem with hoping for that player to become available is if a player that good was actually to hit the market, (laughs) the Lakers would get outbid with the swiftness by any team that has more than two first-round picks available right now. So either the Lakers are going to wait themselves to death as they hope and pray for yet another star to come loose because God forbid the Lakers go back to the to the formula that won them a championship, two stars and a bunch of good role players. Um, or or if they don't wait themselves <laughs> to death and wait themselves out of the playoffs here, uh, they are going to, 
I guess just kind of hope and pray that a a player becomes available and that team feels charitable. I, this just this this whole approach is farcical. And by the way, the longer that they wait, the more that team is going to have to win as soon as that player shows up. Because again, like I just said a second ago, the Lakers suck. <laughs> I, the, I'm sorry to laugh, and I, I know those of you listening at, at this point are probably sick of the doom and gloom, but none of what I'm hearing here sounds remotely realistic, and and it's just it's just attempt after attempt after attempt. It seems like from Rob Polinka to just convince the people who are making the decisions above his head or signing off on the on on his decisions. Um, he just says a name and they get real excited and they give him an extension because he knows superstars names and <laughs> like, where is the viable plan? Where is the, the, the cogent and coherent plan? Where are the adults in the room to ask those who are making these decisions where the hell the plan is? Because right now, all of this sounds like the ranting and ravings of a lunatic who just found out that the trade machine exists. Holy shit, did you know that the Lakers, all they have to do is match salaries with some team and 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 you can hit the button and it'll t- say the trade is a success and that means that the Lakers just legally traded for that player? Holy crap, did you know that's how the league works? Oh, hold on, what? Uh, that's, that's not how the league works. Oh. Huh. Anyway. Uh, the Lakers are in action tonight against the Clippers. Uh, they haven't beaten the Clippers in in quite some time. And the matchup here is not one that I feel particularly confident in. Uh, the Clippers come into this one having won four out of five. Uh, Paul George is playing out of his mind. And uh, they are deep enough to withstand the continued absence of Kawhi Leonard. Uh, so... The next time you guys hear from me, the Lakers could be sitting at three and or no two and nine, uh, apparently still waiting for a some now mystery player. Like we went from the shadow executive to the mystery superstar. That's exciting. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Uh, again, Lakers in action tonight against the Clippers. I will be uh, doing a spaces before the game this afternoon. We are going to be moving the spaces from Tuesdays to Wednesdays during the game uh, for the last five minutes of it because it's an ESPN game. I will be right here um, at my computer station watching the game with you for the pressure cooker. And then right after the game, Raj will be hopping on a uh, Spaces to recap the game. I might make an appearance there. Donnie might make an appearance there. Aaron might make an appearance there. I don't know who who is going to be uh, chiming in there. Um, But what all of that is to say is that there is a lot of content coming your way as we continue to try to figure out what the hell the Lakers are doing. So until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.